Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Encouraging Experience Podcast, a ministry of Experience Church in Des Moines, Iowa. I'm your host, Dave Garza, and I'm really excited to be here tonight. We got a really exciting episode with our first interview. And tonight, we're just going to run through some questions, and we're going to get to learn the heart of Charles Cole, pastor at Experience Church. So this is going to be a great episode, guys. But before we get to that tonight, I just want to uh, toss this over to Abby and let her get some announcements out to you this week. Next Sunday, January 14th, right after service, we'll be having a brief 15-minute informational meeting to learn or relearn how to use Raise Right fundraising. Raise Right is a simple way to fundraise for the church or different ministries or events throughout the year by purchasing gift cards for your everyday needs like groceries, gas, or your occasional Friday night pizza. If you're curious on how it all works, please join us in the lobby right after service next week. Come on out and join Experience Church for Iowa Wilds Faith and Family Night at Wells Fargo Arena. We will be enjoying the fastest sport on earth together at 7 p.m. on January 26th as they take on the San Diego Goals. And if you didn't know, we're talking hockey. Tickets are $15 through the link provided on the Church Center app or you can visit the connection board out in the lobby. Sunday, January 28th, right after service, we'll be having an all-kidsmen meeting for those who are currently serving or those who may be interested in serving in our kids' ministry. Experienced Kids serves infant through fifth grade in three age-appropriate rooms on Wednesdays and Sundays. If you are interested in learning about how you can get involved, please plan to join us and lunch will be provided. Sign up at the Welcome Center so we can plan accordingly. Lastly, please take the opportunity to check out and sign up for one of our community groups available starting this month out at the Welcome Center. We have a wide variety of groups that will provide times of community and opportunities for spiritual growth. A big thank you to all of our community group leaders and hosts for your willingness to help us explore, exchange, and express our faith in Jesus with one another. That's all for our announcements for this week. Grab a bulletin in the back, follow us on our Facebook page, and download the Church Center app so you can stay connected and be involved. Hey, thanks, Abby, for those announcements. We appreciate you. We love you and all your hard work. So tonight, guys, again, as I had said, we've got Charles Cole, pastor of Experience Church in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, he kind of gave us the, he's been such a support in this podcast. And, and, and so I just want to really thank him for that. You know, uh, his heart in reaching the world and reaching everyone out there with the word of God and encouragement, but not only to encourage you through the word of God, but, you know, I just one step of his heart that I do know was to really encourage other ministries and leaders to really use these platforms and take advantage of this and start doing this too. I mean, look at this opportunity that we have in front of us, and so many of us just let it go by. I mean, let's flood these platforms that are filled with negativity with positive, encouraging words that I believe we're all called to give. So, uh, before I just trail on for too long, I want to welcome Charles Cole, Pastor. Welcome to the studio tonight. Hey, thanks for having me, Dave. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's awesome to have you in here, and you know, I just want to start off with, let's just let the listeners kind of, I mean, I, I know you, you're my pastor, I know you personally, but let's, you know, tell us a bit about yourself. Um, you know, where, where, where'd you grow up and, and, and tell me about your family. Sure. I grew up in uh, Bradley, Illinois, which is uh, basically Kankakee, Illinois. It's about 45 minutes south of Chicago. Yeah. 
and uh, my my mom and dad attended an open Bible church. It was called uh, Open Bible Center in Kankakee, Illinois, originally Bradley. And uh, my dad passed away when I was four years old, and the oh. church just gathered around my mom, oh. just adopted us in. Yeah. Um, you know, I lost my dad at four, but I gained about seven fathers <laughs> because the church really stepped up and, and did what the church was supposed to do. Amen. And, um, and so that's, that's where I was from. I'm, uh, I'm an only child, but yet, um, the way that my mom dealt with people and took care of people, even before she married my stepdad, when I was 11, um, I got a lot of family. I got a lot of people that I call you know, brothers and sisters and, and, my, and my cousin Ronnie lived with us for a while. And, yeah. and, uh, and I really consider him a brother. I have a, um, a brother that passed away, but he was from Trinidad mm. and, uh, his name was Shenfield and he, uh, he, he was the best man in my wedding. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, the church really for me, um, became family, you know, where Jesus said, you know, who are my mother and brothers and right. those that are doing the will of God. and and so I might not have, you know, any biological siblings, but man, I have a ton of aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters, and it's all because of the church. Oh, praise God. I mean, what a testimony to what we, you know, on, on, uh, it, check us out on Facebook with the, uh, encouraging experience podcast and experience church on Facebook. And you'll see, there's a lot of talk about us being united and being the body. And, and that's a great testimony to that. And you know, I, I know a lot of you out there hurting, and that's such a great example of the church stepping up and loving on each other and being there for each other as we're called to be. Yeah. That's just really awesome, Pastor. Well, you know, I didn't tell you about the family I have now. Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. I don't know if that'll be an opportunity later. So let me just say right now, I'm I'm um, married to Deanna, who we've this year will be 35 years of marriage for us. Oh. We met at church, uh, and so that's a that's a testimony. Amen. Uh, we have four biological boys, and then we have another son that we verbally adopted from uh, the last church that we pastored in Jefferson, Iowa. And uh, out of those five boys, uh, we have eight grandchildren. Ooh. And um, and so, yeah, we're we're, we're blessed uh, and love my grandkids. Absolutely. And, and, you know, they always say that if I'd have known how good that was, <laughs> I would have had them first. And, and that's not, it's not possible, but it is uh it's pretty cool to be able to have some fun and send them home when you want to that's right <laughs> fill them with sugar and that's send them back to mom and dad that's right yeah that's yeah actually i saw two of them this morning and uh, as they were leaving i said you guys want some sweet tarts <laughs> so, yeah, gave them a couple pieces of candy before they left with their mother and, right. and they went to school so hey you know the a spoon full of sugar right. mom no <laughs> that's awesome that is awesome Man, a house full of boys, though. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness, I, Deanna, we're we're you must be just blessed with patience. I yeah, she has got to be. Yeah, she but, is. She is. Um, you know, she's got uh, she's got two dogs that are female. So yeah. I mean, she's not all alone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So and and just moving forward here, uh, w- tell me. What are a couple things, you know, just as in for personally and for anybody listening out there, you know, a lot of us kind of get wrapped up in, you know, how does a person get called to be a pastor? I don't sure. believe that, you know, I can remember when I 
Well, I was called, and mm-hmm. this was years ago, and I had spoke to a pastor, and I said, I think I'm called to be a pastor, and he kind of looked at me, and he said, yeah, you better pray about that. He yes, said, are right. you sure, Dave? And he meant it in the best intentions. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what What are a couple things that played a role in you, in you receiving the call? I mean, you had just said, you know, you sure. were, grew up in church, and praise God for the church and the influence, but... You know, what were some of those uh, when you received the call? Do you remember that? I or do. There? I do. And first, I would say the pastor that, that told you to really pray about that was a wise uh, oh. a wise man because, um, first of all, all of us are called to be ministers of the gospel. Yeah. And sometimes, especially early on in our, our spiritual maturity, we get we get those confused of being a minister of the gospel, which all of us are supposed to do, being a pastor of of a church or a flock, absolutely. And and now there are many different pastors, and some don't pastor churches; they they pastor in other ways. But we need to understand that all are called to be ministers of the gospel. So, yes, amen. So, but for me personally, um, a little bit of my background, and I I don't want to go too long with it, but but I remember when um, my dad passed away. And I was only four years old and the church surrounded me. My mom and I struggled yeah. big time. And, um, you know, that was 1973 and she was working full time at a factory in Bradley, Illinois called Crailers. And she was manufacturing furniture. And I, I, from her stories, she was the only female on the floor with oh. about a hundred men. Ooh. And, and then at night she was going full time to beauty school. And so my Aunt Mary Jane and Uncle Harlan really, and, and the rest of our church, but they were close in proximity to where we lived, and they really adopted me, and right. I was over there all night. I was what you call one of those latchkey kids, Yeah. that ever since kindergarten, you know, I had the house key around my neck, and uh-huh. I had the little step stool, and my mom taught me how to do laundry at five, how right. to do dishes at five, how to, you know, clean up at five years old. I was right. doing all that, and then I was allowed to walk three blocks. <laughs> To go to my Aunt Mary Jane and Uncle Holland's house. And oh, wow. probably weren't my Aunt Mary Jane and Uncle Holland. They were people at the church. That's right. And, you know, if you were of a certain age, you got called brother or sister. Right. And if right. you were, you know, you were close, it was aunt and uncle. And yeah. It was just, a, you just, it became part of your family. Well, we struggled financially and um, a lot. And I, as I grew up, I kind of despised that. Yeah. And I always told my mom, I said, you know, when I'm old enough, I'm going to buy you a fur coat and I'm going to buy you, right? you know, cause she, she liked kind of like my wife, my mom's favorite color was bling. Was bling. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, so she, I always told her, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that for you. And, and then, uh, and she told me one time, she said, I believe you're going to be a pastor. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> Those guys don't make enough money. That's right. And, That's right. and, and you know, and later on in life now, when I tell somebody, hey, you know, you don't make a lot of money. Well, if you're into it for the money, you're probably in the wrong profession. That's right. Uh, because you shouldn't be in it for the money. But um, it's it's also, uh, you know, I do, I do believe God wants to bless you for your obedience, but sometimes it doesn't come in the form of finances. Right, right. So, so anyway, I... I was involved with church. I was in my youth group. I loved my youth pastor, uh, Brad Prairie, just an amazing man of God. He's still influencing youth. Wow. Today, he's, uh, he is the principal of Kankakee Trinity Academy in uh, Kankakee, Illinois. And that's actually where I graduated from high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
I was, I think, I think I was about fourth or fifth in my class. Yeah. And if I just stop right there, I sound really smart. (laughs) But then when I I tell you that there was only 11 of us there, it really kind of, yeah, it's terrible. It's like, if I told you, if I told you that I was undefeated in wrestling, you'd think I was a stud. Hey, you weren't 12. Right. But, right. I only had one wrestling match and the guy didn't make weight. So they, I walked out the middle of the mat and they just raised my hand. Right. So I'm undefeated. Is that right? Right. Oh, there right. you go. But, but anyway, I, um, I, I was really involved with my youth group. Yeah. And, um, my youth pastor, uh, Brad Prairie, um, organized a trip for us to go on in the summer of 1986. It was right before my senior year of high school. And we went with YWAM, Youth with a Mission, yep. to Mexico City. Oh, wow. And we were handing out Bibles. And um, I remember that was the year before my senior year. And I was really kind of struggling with what I want to do. Uh-huh. And I was thinking about going in the military. And I wanted to be military police and yep. things like that. And I, um, my mom and dad were really trying to get me to go to Olivet Nazarene University, which is the local place there. Right. And, um, in our town and join the ROTC so I could come out and be an officer. They were, they were just really trying to say, okay, we don't want to say no to your military thing. Right. Maybe you go to school. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. And, and so while I was there in Mexico city, I remember, um, when you're on a missions trip or you're at kids camp or you're at winter retreat breakaway, yeah. when you're a youth and you're at one of those places, you're really a lot of your distractions are gone. Yep. And you're more susceptible to hearing God's voice. That's right. And so I, I, uh, that's the reason why I think every kid, um, you know, should, should go to those things. I agree. Um, and, you know, sometimes I've, I've seen parents use that as, as a discipline. Oh, they haven't been good enough. And oh. going, man, I'm telling you what, it, it's the opposite. If they haven't been good enough, send them. You that's know? right. <laughs> that's, that's where right. they need to be. Amen. But, Amen. uh, but anyway, I was laying there. We were in an, uh, a hospital that was unfinished. It was three floors. There were over 500 as, of us with YWAM with six bathrooms. Oh, wow. And I remember laying on the cot in this room where all the men were sleeping. And I was just saying, God, what do you want me to do? This is my plan. This right. is what I want to do. Right. Um, what do you want me to do? And I remember seeing a clear picture in my, in my mind of my youth pastor. and. And I was like, okay, you want me to be like Pastor Brad, but what does that mean? It's like, I want you to be a pastor. Right. And, and so, um, when I came back from that trip, I, you know, I, I told the church what I wanted to be and, or what I felt like God was calling me to be. Right. And, and then I, and then I kind of ran from it after that. It was, mm. it was like, went home and told everybody. And I think pride kind of set in my heart that, yeah. you know, kind of a, a righteous pride. Uh-huh. And this is what. God's called me to do what God called me to do. And, and then I'm, then I kind of got sidetracked and, and decided that, um, that I just wasn't going to do it. And I got, yeah. I got rebellious. Uh-huh. So I, I literally had a call of God on my life in 1986 in Mexico city. And, um, and, and how it came to fruition later. Um, I don't know if we'll have time now, but if, if you want to hear about that, uh, I'd be happy to share it in some other way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, okay. share it with us. Oh, that's, sure. a, that's great. Sure. So I'll just tell you, I took uh, from 1986 until 1994. 
Uh-huh. Um, in between those times, I graduated from high school, got married to Deanna, had our son Michael, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, I was working with my dad at Bradley Repair Specialties, my stepdad, uh, who my mom married at 11, Bob, and it was a small engine repair shop. Uh-huh. I was uh, driving a limousine back and forth from Kinkakee Bradley area to O'Hare and Midway. And, gotcha. and I was the head of security at a comedy club called, okay. called Wisecrackers yeah. in Bradley, Illinois. And I was doing auxiliary law enforcement with Bourbon A Police Department. Goodness. Yeah, because I had graduated in 92 from uh, Kankakee Community College with a law enforcement two-year degree. Okay. And so I'm doing all this stuff. And I'll yeah. I t- I tell you the reason why I'm doing it is because I was running from the call of God. I was trying to stay busy. Trying to put things between you and that calling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And so I am driving. I'll try to make this long story short, but I was driving a client to uh, O'Hare. And um, I was kind of talkative because the more you could talk and interact, usually the better tip you got. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. But you had to be wise enough to know this person doesn't want to talk. And so you shut up and you get a better tip. That's right. You had to read people. Absolutely. And so I'm, I'm talking to this one guy and he just, he's just enamored with, with my age and what I'm doing. I was only, you know, 24, 25 at the time. Right. Uh, Had a wife, had a child, had another one on the way. Um, Our son, Matthew was, uh, Deanna was pregnant with him. And I'm driving this guy to O'Hare and he says, Hey, you know, I am, uh, the, I'm on the hiring committee for Shapiro developmental center in Kankakee. It's a state hospital. Mm. And, and he said, if you apply, just go down and uh, go up to Chicago, downtown McCormick place, apply for that. I'm on the hiring committee. We'd love to have, you know, guys like you right. apply. Right. And so I went to McCormick place and I, well, at first I, I went home and I asked my wife, I was like, Hey, what do you, uh, I, I had this opportunity. This guy said this and, um, and she said, well, what do you think we should do? And I was like, well, I really don't know. You know, I'm enjoying everything that I'm doing and, and I'm busy, but, right. but we could make, you know, the same amount of money with one job instead of being stretched. Right. right. Yeah. But I wasn't doing all those jobs to make ends meet as much as I was to kind of silence the call of God in my life. Yep. Because yeah. when I had too much free time, it was definitely. Oh, God tapping on you. Yeah, hey, right, hey. Right. And so my wife, being the spiritual leader at the time, um, she was born and reared in church. Right. And, and, and she says, well, why don't we pray about it? I was like, oh, great. You know, sure. And, and I was on church on Sunday. I, I, mean, I, was, I, was, I was like a lot of people at certain times of our life. I was very two-faced. I'm born and reared in the church. And I went to church on Sunday, but Saturday night. The comedy club. I'm I'm just laughing at all the dirty jokes right. tonight. Absolutely. So I'm I'm there, and she said, "Let's pray about it." And I said, "Sure." So I decided, you know, I'm starting to pray, and I'm praying in a very immature way. And I said, "God, if you want me mm. to, to take this job, then you know, let me know. Well, what do you want me to do?" And clearly, not with an audible voice, but clearly in my heart, God said to me. Why should I tell you what to do today when mm. you still haven't done what I told you to do in 1986? Mm. It broke me. Yeah. It breaks me every time I tell the story because it speaks to God's faithfulness. Amen. And so 
I'm in the house, and my wife comes up to me, and she said, have you been praying for this? I said, yes. And she says, has God said something? And I said, well, I think so. She said, what is it? I said, I told him that if he wanted me to do this, he had to confirm it to you. Oh. He started crying. Mm. And I said, what are you crying about? And she, I said, "There's." I said something like, well, why are you crying? It's, it's just about a job. And right. She, she said, God told me that as soon as I have this baby, we're supposed to sell everything and we're supposed to move out to Oregon and go to Bible college. Wow. Broke me. Because up to that point, I don't think we ever talked about talked that. Talked about that. Right. Yeah. No, I, I mean, she knew that my mom said, hey, Charles, you should be a pastor. Or you're going to be a pastor or something like that. But we never focused on it. Right. And, and after I came back from Mexico City in 86, I really kind of left that alone. And that was never really a part of Deanna and my conversation. Right. And so, uh, you know, fast forward uh, seven, eight years. Now she's telling me this. And so the very next day, mm. I said, okay. And I, which I didn't tell you, I was also selling used cars at Don Merrily Chevrolet. Oh yeah. You know, high integrity job. Yes, and, absolutely. Yeah. So I went the next day and I quit Don Merrily Chevrolet selling cars. I quit the comedy club. I think the following weekend, uh, I kept working with my dad and I kept doing the, the auxiliary police officer with Bourbon A Police, right. which that didn't pay anything. Uh, right. Um, you mean, you just got free food wherever you went. Uh -huh. And so, um, so then um, Deanna had Matthew uh, in July. Six weeks later, she had our, his checkup and her checkup. Yeah. And it was like a day or two after that, we loaded up our little 92 Hyundai Excel <laughs> with a whole bunch of boxes in it. And then Roadway Express took the rest of our boxes of clothes. Yep. And we took out on a journey to Eugene, Oregon from Chicago, Illinois, and arrived in uh, Eugene sometime, uh, I think it was sometime around Labor Day. Yeah. It was before Labor Day weekend. Okay. Because actually when we got to EBC, um, the, the person that was in charge of accepting the students into the school, his name was David Cole. And his son was like one or two years old. And his name was William Cole. Uh -huh. Well, that's my first name. Yeah. But I don't go by it. I go by Charles. Yeah. Well, right. he saw on the list that William Cole was going to be showing up <laughs> and that he couldn't leave for Labor Day weekend because they were going to be arriving on the weekend. And so he thought somebody was playing a joke on him. Oh. So that he couldn't go to the coast and celebrate right. his family. So right. when William Cole got there uh -huh. with his wife, his four-year-old, and his six-week-old, um, David Cole was not there right. to greet us. Yep. And so people that were there at the college felt bad, and they put us into a one-bedroom apartment, all four of us, that was on campus, yeah. that these two guys had just moved out of. and. Let's just say their mamas didn't teach them how to clean. Whoa. And, you know, there was just, it was filthy. And so after that weekend, and David Cole found out that it wasn't a joke. Right. It was, oh, he was so apologetic. And, and we've joked around now because we have the same last name. Yeah. We'll say, hey, cousin Charles, hey, cousin Dave. Uh -huh. And, uh, and so anyway, um, that's. I'm sorry I take up so much time. No, that's, no, that's, that's the story. So. That, and that's and that's amazing. I mean, and how many of us out there, I mean, if you're listening, it, 
I'm telling you, kind of like you said, just how God in his faithfulness, how mm-hmm. you, no matter what you did, trying to keep that word oh, yeah. out of your path. Yeah. And and how God, no matter what you do, if you're pushing against something he's talking in your life, stop pushing mm-hmm. because he's not going to give up on his word. He doesn't mm-hmm. turn on his word. Right. He doesn't contradict his word. Right. It, it's, he, he had this set for you. You were to do it. <laughs> I mean, and how just, man, traveling from Chicago to Oregon, mm-hmm. two small children and packed in the car. You can only imagine that that was a fun trip. Oh, I can, funny. Uh, yeah. I can only imagine. That's when I found out that American Express had to be paid off every month. So, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have, we'll yeah. have a, a credit con- consolidation another time. <laughs> no, I completely understand what you mean and so now in all of this because you know going through these steps i know me personally you know we have our influences yes and when you're approaching becoming a pastor it's listen you can't do it on your own right there's just no way It, it it takes a team it takes mentors it takes guidance and it's not just on the education it's the practical life application it's 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 the putting what you learn you know Yes, the, the 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 wisdom, the knowledge, the the all of that is so important. But that's only one piece of it, right? And what what were some of your influences in your life that really helped drive you to to just pursue God more and to just you know I I don't like to say it and be the best pastor you can be, but to be the best servant. Mm-hmm. To God, what are some of those, or who are some of those influences in your life that well, encourage you? I don't don't mean it to sound cliche, but my mom. Yeah, you know, I mean, my mom was a driving influence in my life. She she had a seventh grade, eighth grade education. Yeah, she, but she was dangerous. Oh, um, she could do anything uh, that she wanted. She did the flowers for our wedding. They look second to none. She did the dresses and her and some of the ladies in the church did the dresses. She did our cake. Our cake was like three or four tier. And then it had a ladder going down to two tier cake. And then a ladder going down to like a one tier cake. And it was just amazing. She could do anything. So my mom was a big influence yeah. to me that anything you put your mind to, you can, that do. you can do it. Right. And, and just to let you know that, that my mom, I always, told my mom I wanted her to go back to school. I wanted her to, and she mm-hmm. said, if you ever graduate from college, I'll go to school and get her G- my GED. Oh. And so I graduated with my two-year degree at Kankakee Community College. And I said to her that time, I said, um, you said you'd go. And she said, I meant a real degree. Oh. And, so, oh. and so, and I graduated, I went to, um, I went to Olivet and lost my scholarship with ROTC because I had to have knee surgery and metal put in. Oh, gotcha. Uh, hurt my knee in the yeah. church musical. And then I went to Kankakee Community College. And after that, then I went to Governor State University. And then after that, I finally answered the call of God on my life. And I went to, out to EBC. Okay. I graduated from Eugene Bible College, which is now called New Hope. Yes. And I graduated from there. And um, we had, my wife had my graduation party at Arbrandt Mitchell Park, which is just down the hill from the college. And my mom and dad come out for my graduation. My mom by now is legally blind because of diabetes. Mm. And I remember opening up the gift from my mom 
for my graduation, and it was a framed picture. And I can tell what it was by holding the package. Right. And I, um, so I didn't know what it was going to be. Right. You know, I thought, oh, great, mom got me a picture. Right. You know? Right. Open it up, and it is her GED. Uh-huh. She had taken. People had read her tests. Yeah. She had listened to audio tapes. Oh. She didn't know how to do Braille. And I mean, all that. And she got her GED because she knew I was getting ready to graduate. Yep. And so still today, I have that GED hanging up on my office wall. Absolutely. And so, so my mom was my biggest influence. However, I had a number of pastors that were influenced. Right. Uh, Les Potts, who's retired now, but used to pastor um, our church in, in Kankakee, Bradley, Illinois. Um, he pastored Rapid City, South Dakota. Um, great man of God. Um, and he was not just my pastor, but, you know, he, he ran me around the block and he lifted weights with me and he took right. me to father and right. son banquets. Um, and then um, Pastor Paul Brown, uh, he was a big influence in my life after my mom remarried. Yeah. Um, but the men of the church, I mean, I could list like Fred Hansen, uh, did my Cub Scout stuff with me and I, and I stayed all night with him because my best friend was his daughter, but I didn't even know she was a girl until she showed up at church one Sunday with a dress on. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, just Fred and Sue Hansen were amazing. Then I had, uh, Steve Ford who, um, you know, I call him uncle Steve and, uh, he graduated from Hope Baba college, but, but he was there. Um, and then Bob Flynn. Uh, you know, Bob Flynn, we joked that it was Flynnitis because anytime that man would talk, his passion would come out so hard that he'd cry. Oh, yeah. And, and so I joke, sometimes I got Flynnitis. And, <laughs> and then uh, and then my Uncle Harlan, you know, he took yeah. me under his wing and we did a lot of junk in and a lot of stuff and mechanical stuff. And and um, and then uh, Pastor Brad Prairie, just a man of God and just the integrity. And so I, I would say all of those, but I would end with this. Gary Emery, my pastor in Oregon, when I started, uh, when I started going out there to Calvary Temple, which is now just Calvary Open Bible, and he was probably when I when I was out of Bible college, that's when I said, God, if you're going to allow me to ever be a pastor, yeah, this is the pastor I want to be. Wow! And, and so there, that's he, a, that's a profound influence yeah. to be able to to yep. be able to find that, and and so. So just listening to that, if you are listening and and you, you, you've really committed to ministry and God is calling you, surround yourself with influences, yeah. positive influences, people that are going to lift you up, people that are, I mean, as you gave some examples, these these weren't just people who just, hey, you know, good luck. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's great. That's great. A word of encouragement is great, but this sounds like these are people who really invested in you. And they're not people that are yes people. Right. Because too many times we try to fill Ooh. people around us that will just tell us what we want to hear. That's right. You know, right. just recently I, I got to finish a, a, a chorus of mentorship with Pastor Gary. He was moved to Arizona now, but we did, uh, we did weekly calls. Yeah. And, and I remember sharing with him a problem that I had in our church. Yeah. And, and I shared with him. And even all this distance and all this time, and I left there in 2000, 2001. Uh-huh. And still today, he said, okay, well, what did you do mm. to possibly contribute to this problem? Right. And it was like, man, that's, that's the kind of people you want to have around you. Amen. 
because amen because the moment we think that everything we do is right wow. and we have no room to grow that's right that's when we become um dangerous for people around us that's right that's so, well and we're not going to be successful no because it's going to lead for, to, not for kingdom success that's right yeah. kingdom success is not going to happen right. you're just slowing yourself and 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 but yeah, that's 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 such a great point to make. So make sure that the influences you have are not just there to be cheerleaders who are always telling you what you want to hear. Yeah. We need people who need to who will tell us what we need to hear mm -hmm. and still love us in that. Because that is true love. If if you really love someone, you're going to tell them when they're wrong and you're going to challenge them and hold them accountable. I think that's a that's a great point to make. Uh so so now we've gotten You've been called out from Chicago. Uh, you went out to Eugene. You've graduated, and, and so now, how did you? How did you end up? Because this seems like you know. Here we've got Illinois. You were uh, you were brought up here. You went all the way out to Oregon. Mm -hmm. In the world did you end up in Des Moines, Iowa? And you you told me that you wanted me to keep some of these answers short, but you're asking some major major stuff in my life. <laughs> I said no. Go so, ahead. So. Here's how it happened. Yes, in '94 we went to Oregon. Uh -huh. um, we were after we graduated from uh, Eugene Bible College, now New Hope. Yeah. Um, I did my internship with Pastor Gary there. Oh, okay. And uh, and after I did my internship there between my junior and senior year, yeah. I um, I he sat me down. I I think it was part of my exit interview for my internship, and he said, "What's your dream job?" Now, sometimes I ask people that because it's just a, such a great question. Absolutely. And I said, my dream job is to be the pastor of evangelism at a large church and help build an outreach program, but not just outreach, but in reach. Mm. Meaning that I want every program from nursery on up to the seniors to be able to be reaching inward so that they're healthy and they can reach outward. Oh, wow. I like that. And right after I said that, he said, do you want to become our pastor of evangelism? Wow. <laughs> I, was just, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. yeah. And it was and it was a really part-time pay and there wasn't much. But it was a cool thing. And so I got to do that. And, and I got to spend weekly time with him, walking around the block, talking. And, and I, I was there for a couple of years. Yeah. And, um, Deanna's mom and dad were going through some struggles in their marriage and Deanna had already struggled and her parents did too. And my parents did too. Right. Um, that, uh, they're struggling with us moving all the way across the country, right. taking okay. two of our grandkids. And you had the grandkids. And, and now by now we have four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Out, out yeah. There we have Mitchell who's born, you know, in Eugene. And right. then we have Mason who's born in Springfield, gotcha. which are, you know, just connected. Yep. And so now we have four and my, my, uh, uh, my mother-in-law and Deanna, you know, they were close. Yeah. Well, her mom and dad started struggling with some stuff and like all relationships do. That's right. And so Deanna wanted to be closer and she said, I really want to move closer. I thought we were only coming out here for Bible college and now you got a job at a church and right. I'm just not sure then. And she said, you've always told me that your family is your number one ministry. Yeah. I, I want to get closer back to my family. And I would, and I would kind of say, well, sorry, but sometimes ministry, you don't get to choose that. Oh, yeah. a lot of pastors don't get to choose to be around their family. That's right. And so I said, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll pray that if, 
God wants us to move back. He'll take me out right. from underneath Pastor Gary's influence. And I'm telling you what, as soon as we start praying that, that we're on one of our walks, Pastor Gary, around the block. And he said, hey, Charles, I want to let you know something. I'm, um, I'm most likely going to be the new regional executive director for the Pacific region. I, I remember putting my hands on my knees on that sidewalk, and I started crying. Oh. And he put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, what's wrong? Right. And I said, Pastor Gary, you told me, because he had told me a couple of weeks before, he, I told him about what Deanna was wanting. It was right. kind of causing some strife in our marriage. Yeah. And, yeah. and he said, well, you need to pray and be open to that. And so now when he's telling me this, I said, Pastor Gary, you don't realize when you told me to pray about that, I prayed that God would take you directly. I, would, I wouldn't be directly under your influence. And he said, well, I'm still going to be in Eugene. And I was like, are we going to have these weekly talks? Right. And he said, no. Hmm. And I was like, well, he's doing exactly what I said. And so God doesn't answer prayer like that for me a lot. Right. But there's been pivotal moments for me. Absolutely. And so at that time, um, Pastor Ken Gruen came out and, and uh, he was the regional executive director here in, uh, in um, the central region in yep. Iowa. And, uh, and he came out and he talked to us about a church and he didn't even know what was going on, but he asked permission since we were central region. He was right. like, he wants to get his kids back, you know? Yeah. Uh, if they love the central region, go to Bible college. He wants get to get back. back. Exactly. Right. And so, um, so anyway, by this time we had already been looking at church profiles uh, to come back. Um, so I could honor my word and what I told Deanna and she could be back closer to her mom Absolutely. and dad. Absolutely. Well, anyway, we came back and we, we started to do it. We went from a church of six to, um, you know, 700, whatever Calvary was oh, at the right. time, to a church of six people in Centerville, Iowa. Oh. Yeah. And uh, it was truly a culture shock. Yes. Oh, I bet. Um, we went from being so rifle focused with ministry to right. having to basically do everything. Mm. And it was tough. Um, we were there for two years toughest two years of ministry in my life, but I wouldn't change it for anything. That you learned a lot. I did. I learned more two years there than I did four years of Bible college. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking just about the book and stuff like that, but, but real ministry application. That's right. And, and then, and then after that, we went to Jefferson, Iowa, uh, gospel open Bible church, yeah. uh, who was pastored by a phenomenal man right now, Chad Cummings. And the church is doing really well with his leadership. God. And we were there six and a half years. We didn't realize how hurt we were from Centerville until we got there. And I remember when we, we moved in, we opened up the kitchen cabinets to put all of our dishes in. Yeah. And in every single upper cabinet on every shelf, there was baked goods. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, wow. and so that's where my wife has developed a philosophy that she's going to hang a, a, a sign around my neck that please don't feed the pastor. Um, but for my own health, but, but um, then, then we were there for six and a half years. And to get to your question, how we ended yeah. up in Des Moines, um, Eastwood Open Bible became open because Mike and Pam Lombard answered the call of missionary to Trinidad to start School of Global Leadership. Yes, and so we were we were we were asked to apply for that church, and uh, we did. It was a unanimous vote. It was really really hard. I remember sitting in our service right before I announced that we were going to be resigning in Jefferson, and that song came on um, that. Uh, there was more to be done in the city. Oh yes, and because I felt like I was really pastoring community there. Right. Uh, I talked to a lot of people in other churches. I even uh, substitute taught at the high school and the junior high, and nice. got to counsel kids, and, and I really loved it. But 
small community able to really yeah, it, yeah, a town of four or five thousand. Yep, yeah. Yep. And so that's how we came to Des Moines. Okay. Okay. And because I just, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about all these aspects yeah. and it kind of seemed like, man, that kind of, that almost comes out of nowhere. Yeah. So, so you get into Des Moines, you, you went to Centerville for a couple of years. Then we were in, you were Jefferson. in Jefferson for six, six and a half, six and years. And a half years. Yeah. And it sounds like they really, just a, a really great place. Really kind of. They healed us. They healed you. Absolutely. If it wouldn't have been for that church, we would not be in ministry today. Mm. That church healed us mm. from Centerville. I would not, you know, I'm not going to say there was some amazing people down in Centerville. I remember Marcia Clark um, and her family. It just probably others I can mention, but there, if it was really hard. Now, yes. the people that were there, that core that were there, they didn't hurt us. But the church grew right. to like 70 some people right. within a year. Uh, but then it had a major split mm. and, and I was kind of bold and naive. I called sin, sin. Yes. And yeah. evidently that caused a problem yeah. and people left. And, That's right. and so I, I, le- I, it, it really hurt us. If it wouldn't have been for Jefferson, we would not be a ministry today. Mm. So, mm. Well, yeah. it's amazing how God works. Yep. I mean, how we can go through these things. And I think it's so necessary. And we can talk about anybody's testimony going through how God always brings us to that healing. And the way he can bring us that healing is in so many ways. Sure. And that's just amazing. So now you're in Des Moines. You yep. applied. You guys are in Des Moines. And you said that it was um, Eastwood. Uh, yep. Eastwood Church here in Des Moines. Yep. And... You guys decide, okay, we're going to, you know, it, there's a change. There's, there's a change. There was so much change. I remember uh, our lead elder at the time, Larry Young, who's, who's since passed away. Um, I remember at one point during a process, him saying, hey, pastor, could you slow down and, and wait for us to catch up? Oh, yeah. And, and that spoke volumes to me. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, the, it was Eastwood. Um, Deanna and I were driving down Douglas Avenue to go to our home, which was in Brook Run at the time. And we were driving by Douglas Elementary School, which had been abandoned by Des Moines Public Schools and had been used for other stuff. And it was kind of falling apart and on the inside, especially. And um, anyway, long story short, we, we sold the property on Ovid to a Vietnamese congregation out of First Federated. And we moved over to Douglas Elementary. And then um, when we did that, we left the Eastwood Village. And so our name did not mean anything spiritually or geographic. Absolutely. So it was just like, okay, we need to to come up with a name. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we did is we started the process. Experience Church right now, um, in how I lead, it's all team-based. It's team-oriented. Yep. Um, And so... We uh, decided that we were going to have the church uh, people put in names. Yeah. Well, kind of take a poll, yeah, see what everybody you know, said. Right. And, and sometimes that causes more problems than it does help. And, and yeah. we had, you know, First United Trinity Open Bible Church, and we had just some really, you know, 
Second Church of the Open Bible. Oh, and, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. First Church of the Open Bible, East Side. You know, <laughs> we had so much. And you know, one thing I didn't tell you that it was earlier, somebody said, Pastor, you're going to the East Side of Des Moines? I was like, I remember, I'm from south of Chicago. Uh, that's okay. You got to catch me off. Uh-uh. But, but anyway, so we opened it up. And I remember um, Deanna and I were driving down to her mom and dad's in Kentucky. They had, yeah. we, we left center, uh, we left or- Oregon to go to Centerville to get closer to her mom and dad who were south of Chicago. Uh-huh. And they started doing better in their marriage and they left Chicago, south of Chicago, and they went down to Kentucky. <laughs> so now it's just like, we moved closer and they moved further away. But, uh-huh. but anyway, we were, we were praising God that they were doing better. And, yeah, absolutely. And so, so anyway, we... We're driving down there and Deanna and I are talking and, and I was like, what do we want? You know, this is a great chance for us with moving locations to really change the focus of the church. Right. And to, to kind of make it what God is calling us to do. Because up until that time, we had really, really honored uh, what Pastor Mike and Pam Lombard had done with the church. Because uh-huh. I don't, I believe too many times pastors come into a church and they try to change so much right. with the core part of the church. And it's done out of insecurity uh, of their own leadership. That's right. And that's the reason why we've never changed the mission statement of the church. We're right. Gonna love, we're going to love God passionately and love people intentionally. Amen. And so, so anyway, we, um, we, I might've said that a little bit wrong, but the, the old school people will know. Uh, <laughs> so, so anyway, driving down there and I said, Deanna, what do we want people to experience? And we want to experience passionate worship. We want them to experience community. We want them to experience warm feeling. We want them to experience, you know, uh, a great kids ministry. We want them to experience uh-huh. the love of God, the forgiveness of God, the restoration of God. And we want them to experience. And I said, experience. Mm. And she said, it sounds weird. And so I'm like, oh, but that's good. And and so I'm driving, not doing something I was I shouldn't have been doing. I started Googling on my phone. Oh yeah. While I'm driving, uh-huh. experience church. And there and I found one, um, kind of in the southern part of the United States. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was like, well, you know, somebody else has done that. Well, anyway, everybody's supposed to submit their names to the church. Yep. And I submitted mine without anybody knowing to start with. Because I didn't want some people, you know, some people are like, oh, if the pastor wants it, that's what we're going to do. That's so right. Yeah. Go, I, go bandwagon in a sense. Right. Absolutely. I wanted to be buy-in because when my time is done, I want everything to be, I want it to be the people's heart. I want it to be the people that are there. Yeah, vested in the membership and exactly. the people. Right. Absolutely. Whether, whether God calls me someplace else, whether God calls me and I retire. Right. Which, this is the only place I've ever been that I felt like, you know, God didn't say it was for a season. So praise God for right. that. Right. Anyway, long story short, I submit mine. We get down the board, whittles them down to a couple names. And uh, I finally reveal during one of our board meetings um, that uh, Experience Church was mine. Yeah. And I felt good about it. Yeah. Well, we had this little, little lady, uh, little older lady that are, we had merged the board of elders and the, on the deacon deaconess board into to a governing board because when I came in we had to redo our bylaws as well. Right, right. Um and and so her name was Pat Holtman and she says, Well, I don't like experienced church. And I was like, Well why not, Pat? And you and you know, we got like twenty people around these yeah. tables in our in our uh multi purpose building that we had. I said, why not? She said, That reminds me of my grandkids watching those ghost finder movies. Oh, <laughs> I, said, gotcha. I said, Pat, that's exactly what it is. And she 
I mean, just like you know, you, you know how you have a dog and, and he turns his head sideways, you know, like, looking, uh -huh. like that. She did that. She did this like, and she didn't expect to hear me say that. And I said, that's exactly what it is. I said, well, your kids and the people that watch that stuff and everybody in the world is looking for an experience with God, and they turn toilet with money, with sex, with mm. with paranormal, with all this other yeah. stuff. And I said, but the only thing that will satisfy is an experience with God. And she said, she threw up her hand. She said, I'm sold. <laughs> she told, like, there must have been kind of an older part of the congregation that didn't like the name because, you know, it wasn't like, you know, Ethel, <laughs> one of our previous ones or right. something like that. Right. And and she, all I had to do was tell her. And she, and she sold it. Evangelized it. Crowded it. Yeah. And so when we finally voted on it, if it wasn't unanimous, it was really, really close. close. Yeah. So, so that's that's how we came up with Experience Church. And our and just to let you know, Experience Church, um, our core three things is to um, experience church, but it's to explore a relationship with God, yeah. exchange in relationship with each other, and then express, and express that to it. the world that He's placed us in. Yes. So. Yes. And I love that. And and that's really what drew me because yeah, I agree with. Kind of what you said in the truck, you know, you said you're right. You guys were driving and, and Deanna said, oh, that's, well, that's weird. Yeah, yeah it was. And, it, and, and I remember when I first reached out, yeah, it kind of thought the same thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, man, that's, but it's different, but it wasn't a bad different. Right. It was like, okay, I see, you know, I, the brain clicked. I'm right. like, I, I see what they're going for. And then the three points of that, yeah, you know, I, I. It, 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 you can tell that it was it, that, that God was pushing for that message because there's a message in that. Yeah. There's, I mean, in itself. And so, just to give our listeners that idea, of, you know, how did it? How did experience? Because I think that's a lot. I've invited people. Sure. And like experience church. Well, right. What's that? Well, come and experience it. You'll find out. You know, the big question that I ask people if they talk to me, and, and I don't tell people that I'm the pastor. Right. Uh, if 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 I do. Tell them I'm a pastor. I sell, tell them that I'm a pastor. A pastor. Right. That's and, right. And, or a lot of times I'll just say, I go to Experience Church. That's right. One, because I do really believe in the team thing. Yes. But two, sometimes they won't, if they find out you're a pastor, they try to act different. Yep. And I don't want That's that. That's right. And the big question I ask sometimes is when people are, ah, I'm not really a, you know, a religious person. I was like, man, I'm not either. Uh, you know? Praise God. Right. Yeah, that's right. But I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll say experience church. Well, what kind of church is that? I said, what do you need to experience? That's right. What do you need from what, God? What do you need? Do you need a friend? That's right. Do you, do you need uh, somebody to hold you accountable? Do you that's need right. just it, what experience do you need? That's right. That's what we want to be. A Amen. So, Amen. Mine was reconciliation. I needed I needed reconciliation, and yeah. that's what I found. I didn't even know that's what I was looking for yeah. when I found it. And I've seen others, you know, uh, who have come in, and, and it's different for them. Mm -hmm. But that's the experience with God. Right. Letting God take control and figure out what it is you need to experience. Right. And so now, uh, going going forward here, just with experience, church, just real quickly, I, I, I know this could be a very loaded I question. I see what you again. did there yeah, real right. quickly. I heard that. <laughs> well, what would be, uh, you know, describe a little bit to our listeners, you know, the plans and the vision that that the church, for experience church coming here into 2024. Sure. Well, trying to be really quick with it, we, we have since... You know, when we did move to Douglas Elementary, um, 
we sold that building to Hope Ministries, who's now converting that into a women's with children's church. Yes, praise God. Yeah, and and so, and we were really blessed with that, and they were blessed. Um, but but then, um, our building had sold, as far as you know, the contract had had been signed. Yeah. And every place we looked, because we wanted to stay on the east side, we did right. not want to go to the west side of Des Moines. We didn't want to go right. downtown. We're we are an east side church. We want to stay on the east side. That's right. And so it was hard to find property. Yes. Well, I'm. I find out from uh, our realtor. I'm. I'm just getting out of the Walgreens on Euclid, right across from High V. Yeah. Like, I get out of the drive-through to pick up some meds for my wife, and I'm parked in the parking lot in front of Walgreens, and I get a call from a realtor that the place that we had walked through, which used to be a car dealership down on Hubble, yeah, um, did not accept our offer. Mm. And so I'm just like, okay, and. So I'm sitting in front of a building called Slumberland. Yeah. And I said, hey, can you call about this building? And he said, who's it listed with? I said, well, it's not listed. He said, well, that, that's not how it works, Pastor. Yeah. You can't. And I was like, well, could you just, could you just call them? If you don't right. call them, I'm going to call them. Right. And he said, okay, I'll call them. And so 15, 20 minutes later, he calls me. And because and, I'm just struggling in my truck. And I was like, God, these ch- this church is going to fire me. We're going to be like Bedouins. I'm going to have to pitch a tent. and yeah. That's not going to be good in the winter, you know? Right. And so anyway, he, he, he calls me back 15, 20 minutes later. He said, man, they're not interested. And I was like, okay, well, you know, my, my whole thing that I've tried to live my life with since I've decided to, you know, to try to be a spiritual leader yeah. in my own family, but to also be a pastor and a disciple, it's more important to be obedient than it is comfortable. That's right. And so I was like, okay, I was obedient. And yeah. so, then about a week later, he calls me back and he said, hey, Slumberland called me. Huh. I want you to make an offer. Really? And so we made, you know, an offer that was about a third of what it was assessed for. Right. And right. then they came back and, and said, it needs to be better than that. Mm-hmm. But we offered them half and we just got a killer deal. Yeah. Uh, so that's where we're at now. So plan wise is because of COVID and because of the economy and all that stuff, um, we were only f- able to finish about. 60% of the building. Right, right. Um, but this last year, we merged with Open Bible Fellowship out of Ankeny. Yes. And brought in some great faithful saints. Absolutely. Um, that, that, that right there alone, um, with their pastors who are now on staff, Pastor Wally and Lena Shea. Yes. Um, they're on uh, our pastoral staff. That alone right there was great. Uh, and that was enough to do it. Absolutely. But, but they also brought six acres with them. Right. That is selling in Ankeny. Huh. And so as soon as that sells, then our church is going to be possibly, because I, I just don't know how much it's going to sell for. Right, it, right. But possibly going to be able to be debt-free and finish the rest of our building and, and accomplish some things. And so now that's just money, but plans are finished getting the building ready. Yes. And because right now we... We've helped plant a Liberian church who now has bought their own building. Yeah. We have an African church now that's meeting right after us on Sunday. Yeah. And we have a Hispanic church that meets a couple times a week and yep. Saturday nights their main service, Casa de Yeshua. Yep. And they meet with Pastor Jose. And the, the vision that God gave me a long time ago, but since I've been in Des Moines, was to incubate churches. Ethnic churches. Ethnic churches. Right. Yes. Now, and, and I'm not opposed to, to planting, you know, um, you know, regular churches. Right. With, right. With, you know, with me and you. Yeah, absolutely. But 
ethnic churches because I saw these, you know, all these denominations in this hallway in this dream that I had. And, and all of a sudden this old school bell went off and everybody went to these separate doors and it had different countries flags above every mm. door. And so, so in our design that we're finishing is, uh, these two incubator or auditoriums right. so that three churches at the same time can meet. Can be yeah. And so wow. then our fellowship hall, our youth yes. center, two yes. incubators that'll hold 60 to 70 and 70 to 80, uh, there. And, and so really what we want to be is primarily we want to be a church that builds community with the people that come in through the door. Absolutely. We want to be a church that does outreach. We want to be a church that, that believes in missions. And then we also want to be a church planting church because the city of Des Moines is known as a mini Minneapolis Yes, because of all the languages, I think over a hundred and some, some languages yes. in Des Moines. Yep. And so we want to be a good steward with yes. what God has given us here in the Metro. Mm. And so that's what we want to do. We want to help these churches, one, have a great place to start, um, have great uh, mentorship, uh, learn what it means to. Uh, operate a church as a 501c3 yes. here, here in the United States. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, develop their leaders yeah. and, and do that kind of thing. So that's that's kind of where we're at. Our church is always even before me and still is today about training up young leaders. So we do that through in-state. We do that through staffing. We do that through, hey, what are your gifts? What are your talents? Because I believe firmly that wherever your passion is, there lies your ministry. Amen. So Amen. that's the long answer to your short question. No, no, that's, and, and I just love it because I mean, ultimately that's what we are called to do sure. is, is to build the kingdom. Yeah. And that's what's happening. And that's, that's what needs to happen. And I, I love the, with the ethnic churches, because as you said, you know, there, there's, there, there's an English speaking church around yeah. every corner. Right. But, you know, what about our brothers and sisters that come into this country and, and worship differently? They do. They handle things differently. That's right. The of their service is different. It is. And it doesn't mean that the white guys are right. That's right. It doesn't mean that they're right, but it's cultural difference. Yes. And if I go to their service, there's going to be some things that, to be honest with you, in my flesh... It's not going to hold me there. Right. And the same thing with them to us. Now, there's, sometimes there's the... the the kind of the bleed over right. that people are right. really tolerant and, and they're really flexible. You know, we have our, our church is multicultural. Yeah. And so, you know, we have people from Africa and with some other stuff there, um, Hispanics and Africans and, you know, the, the, the you know, the kind of the, the stuffy white people. Yeah, yeah. Are, but, <laughs> but, but then we also, um, then we also do those other churches and it's great to be able to go. And, and actually two times this year, we we have something called International Sunday, where all those yes. churches that we've helped, uh, we, even, we even helped the church from Belize, um, and and so they'll be coming in and and worshiping with us on one Sunday, and we allow those other churches to do certain things, so we all kind of get a flavor. For that's it. right, because so, that's, that's right. what heaven's going to be like. Yeah, that's what heaven's going to be like, and, and and you know, to to reach somebody's heart, not saying it's. It, it has to always be that way, sure. but being comfortable mm -hmm. in your worship yeah. is a big deal. And as you said, yeah. we all worship differently. Yeah. You know, we're worshiping the same God, but different languages, different cultures. So praise God for that. I just think that's so wonderful. And so now focusing on experienced church, now this is, I know this could go on. This is a big question here. This is, and, and, but what is, in your opinion, 
the greatest strength to experience church? This will probably be the shortest answer that you'll get out of all these tonight. <laughs> Community and acceptance. I agree. I agree. We want people from the time that they walk in the door the first time yes. to feel accepted. Absolutely. And we want to give them plenty of opportunity to build community. That's in our exchange logo. Yes. And yes. Now, let me clarify what acceptance means. We accept people, not sin. Amen. Now, Amen. Let, me, let me say that a little bit differently. We don't want anybody to feel like they have to get rid of stuff in their life mm. before they come to experience. That's right. We want them to come with their junk. That's right. We want them to come with their troubles. We want them to come with their sin. Right. We want them to come with whatever they have. And we believe that as they build community with us and they explore a relationship with each other, exchange a relationship with each other, explore a relationship with God, that the things that need to fall off their lives, according to scripture, yes. not what our community says, not what our culture says, but what scripture says, what yes. Jesus says, what Jesus says, yes. then those things will fall off. And Amen. so we accept people how you are. That's right. But we don't accept you staying there. That's right. That's right. So that's right. Community and acceptance are the strength of experienced church. I've been I've been a part of a couple of great churches yeah. leading as a pastor as well as my home church in Kankakee, Illinois, right. being a great church of uh, just hospitality. Yeah. And um experienced church is by far the best at community and acceptance. I agree. I agree. And I would throw one in. I know it falls under community, but I think one big one is relationship. Sure. It's you know, in my history, my experience with the motorcycle ministries, going in and out of churches all over the country, it, it really is. And it's not just because that's my home church. Mm -hmm. That's it. But it, there's relationship base that comes out of that community that is, look, if you walk in those doors and you don't feel love, mm -hmm. shame on us. Right. But I promise that you're going to be loved on. Yeah. I promise that. I can I'm happy to guarantee that. You're going to be loved on. You're going to you're going to run into people who truly have a heart for you and want to see you succeed. There I've I've heard from people that don't feel comfortable that haven't came back to our church when they fill out a guest card. Uh-huh. Because it was weird to be talked to so much. <laughs> I mean, they've been to other churches where nobody talked to them or, or one person talked to them yeah. and everybody's coming up and then some people will give a handshake. Some people will try to hug them. And they're just like, I don't know if I've ever been talked to that much. Right. And, and I'm just like, well, I'd, I'd rather them not feel comfortable because people have talked to them. Right. Then nobody talked to them at all. That's right. Because, That's right. Because if we want you to become and become a part of the community, there's, there's no room for bystanders. That's right. So That's right. I think I've heard you say before, you know, you walk in as someone we don't know, but you're going to leave as family. Absolutely. That's, that's how it is. And I, and I just love that. I absolutely love that. And so, you know, wrapping this up, what would be, you know, being able to use this and what we're here for, what the word and the message we're trying to get out. Sure. Taking an opportunity. It, here you are, we're, we're being broadcast out, we have thousands of people listening, what is your heart, what is God saying to your heart, not just, not just pastor at experienced church, sure. what sure. 
does Charles Cole, Cole's heart want to say to the world today? And with just, you know, without, you're like I am. I know you don't dive into politics. I don't either. We don't want to do none of that. But what would your heart want to say to the world today? What is God just, what would you feel that God would want you to say to the world? And what's just, what's going on right now? Yeah, I think, um, I think I'll focus on what God has called us uh, as experienced church, but I believe it's a, I believe it transcends our church. Um, I think we need to be good stewards. I agree. Um, that's our focus this year at experienced church stewardship. And it really all started when I was recovering from my back surgery. Yeah. Um, but God wants us to be a good steward with our time, our relationships, our finances. Um, and more important, our relationship with him. Amen. I think there's, I think there's, um, there is a big focus in our culture for what makes you happy. Yeah. There's a big call. There's a big shift and, or a drive to what, uh, what makes you feel fulfilled? Uh-huh. Um, what fills your cup? And it's all about what you, you, me, you, me, you, or right. you, you, right. you. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think what we need to, if I had to say something to the world, or, or I feel I had to say what I feel like God wants for us. Yeah, is to quit focusing so much on the physical, focusing so much on the mental, mm-hmm. quit focusing so much on the emotional, and don't forget, ninety nine percent of you is spiritual. It's spiritual, amen. And every single one of us, I'm going to go back to what the other part of the story. Every single one of us are trying get something that only will fit in the God-shaped hole that's in our heart. Mm. We're all trying to experience something. That's right. And as men, sometimes we really falter and we try to fill that with what we do and try to put it over on what we do is who we are. That's right. And man, your work does not define you. That's right. You want to feel accomplished? Great. That's you, right. You want to feel like you're, you know, being a good provider for your family? Great. You want to feel like a good protector for your family? Great. But God has made you first and foremost to be a priest of your home. Yes. And so we need to focus. If I was going to say, what is God saying to us today is being a good steward with our spiritual walk. Um, and and some people say, oh, well, you know, I'm not a religious person. That's great, man. I'm not either. That's right. Because religion tries to tell you what you have to do to get closer to God. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, yes. my personal savior, the son of God, who he said is the only way to the father oh. is through him. Amen. And, and so why don't we start being a good steward? With the little bit of time that we have here, eternity is mm. forever. This is a blink of an eye. That's right. And so Amen. just uh, get focused on what really matters. Uh, be a good steward with your time. And, you know, people can debate all day long about Jesus being the son of God, but they cannot debate how many times I've heard him say something and how he has changed my life. That's right. They can't debate that because that is my fact. That is my truth. Amen. And, and it's, uh, that's just, it's just where I would go is, you know, he said, I'd leave you with this. He said, if you'll seek me, you'll find me. Mm. So just ask God if, if you're not a believer or maybe you're born and reared in church, I don't know. And you've walked, you've walked away or you've fallen away, right. you know, or you've gotten, you know, I'm just upset with organized religion. Well, mm. sorry. 
Jesus organized it and told people to meet in churches. And, That's and right. Do That's that. right. So if you've fallen away or anything, all you have to do is pray a simple prayer. God, show me yourself. That's right. God, be real to me. That's right. And he'll let you have the experience that you need. I agree. So I, I think that was great. Well, Pastor, thank you for your time. I, I, I've really enjoyed having you in here. And, and you know, this is encouraging experience. So I got I to gotta take the opportunity to be able to encourage you. And just just so you know, and this is, a, I promise I'm not getting 20 slipped under the <laughs> table here, but, you know, just want you to know how much us as a church, me personally, I know each and every person at church, we, we appreciate you. We appreciate your heart. We love you, your heart, your service, your commitment to God that bleeds out to being your commitment to, to, to the people of the church, to the body. And not even just that, but to every person who walks in that door. And, and you see it and, and you feel it. As I said earlier, guys, there's no way you're walking through those doors and you're not getting loved on. You're going to have, you're gonna have a, a, an experience yeah. in that church. And we just... You know, we, 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 we want to encourage you. Uh, we, you know, you've gone through your, you had your sinus surgery, you sure. had your back surgery. This, 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 uh, and the whole year. time and the whole time during that, when I was out, yeah, the church didn't miss a beat. That's right. Cause we believe in team. We believe in everybody Amen. doing their part with their stuff. I could walk away today. Something that could drastically happen. An experienced church would not miss a beat. Now, would they? Some of them miss me. Some of them. Absolutely. Some of them might. <laughs> some of them. But <laughs> the church would not miss a beat and continue on their mission because it's not my mission. It's the it's church's the church. mission. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Amen. And that's you know, this past year was a lot, and but you know what? That's it. it it's you've taken it as it comes. Uh, your transparency about your heart, about what God's speaking to you. And just being a servant, and it's and it's we just we appreciate you and we love you, and, and just please continue to always just just be that transparent worshiper and that transparent servant, and, and being able to help guide us and lead us and and learning from each other. That's right. And and, and we really love the fact that you know you. You, I, I've heard you say it. We're never beyond learning. We're never beyond, and, and the, the the team element, and it's just so amazing at experience and the opportunities that God is putting in front of us. God is doing something big, yeah. and to be able to be a part of this is amazing. And to those of you listening, you know, it's it, get in your local church. That's right. It, it just no matter where you're at, if you're not, if you're in the Des Moines area. Fantastic. Come see us. That, that would be great. We would love that. If you're not, you can get on Facebook. We live stream yep. the services uh, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Every Sunday morning. And it's uh, on, just go to Facebook and go to Experience Church. It's going to pull pull us up. It's yep. uh, in Des Moines, Iowa. Yep. In, in case there was another or something else popped up there. Check uh, the podcast out on Experience, uh, Encouraging Experience on Facebook. Shoot us a message. We would love some interactive feedback. And even if we could just pray for you. And we've got other, there's so many ministries within the church that would love to pray for you. So, so much uh, of just a body of Christ that really wants to operate together just to help 
each and every one of us walk towards the main goal of reaching the kingdom and building the kingdom. And so again, Pastor, thank you for coming. Thank you for joining us and, and you know, really being a just such a support in this and, and, and the influence that you, you play on myself and the mentorship and the leadership and just please continue to just be that servant that you are. And we appreciate you. You guys, uh, we're going to appreciate you too, buddy. Well, I appreciate that. And guys, we just want to be able to encourage you. We love you and we appreciate you. And we're going to pray out today. So Father God, I just thank you that you give us these opportunities and, and, and just so much that we're so unworthy of God, but you just continue to lay it in front of us. And whether we know what's happening or not, just please continue to make us obedient to your word. Whether, whether we agree or not, that it's obedient to your word and your will, Father. And just, I pray that you just touch the hearts of each and every person that, that's listening today or whatever point they're listening to this. And you just encourage them that churches may have hurt you. Yeah, the organized religion may have hurt you. These things may have burnt you, but that was not God. That was man. And to just cry out. I just pray that they cry out to you, Father that they just reach and, and want so much more of a relationship with you and renewal and reconciliation and just to be able to shed all of the garbage that's built up over time and to be able to let it go and know that you're 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 just standing there with your open arms and you're just waiting to just change their hearts and to build them up and to build up the kingdom because the only comfort we're going to get father is you the only comfort in, in in true satisfaction that we're going to find god is in you and we just ask that you do that through your son jesus and you use your holy spirit to to to, to heal us and, and and speak through us and touch us and lead us closer and closer to a relationship with your son and god we just ask all of this we pray for anybody for all needs that are out there that they're feeling tonight Whatever it may be that's coming against them, God, we, we pray against that. And we just, we we ask that you cover them with your love, with your protection, and just draw them closer to you so that they can achieve and overcome all things that come against them, God. And that they, we just can't do it without you. Father God, we thank you. We love you. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, thanks, guys, again for joining us. And we will be back next week. And we're going to see, I believe we're going to have another guest. But again, Pastor, thank you. And we appreciate you. you. And this was a great time. Everybody, just remember, check us out, Experience Church on Facebook. You can go to Encouraging Experience on uh, Encouraging Experience Podcast on Facebook. Shoot us some messages. Let us know if we can pray for you. Join us online. We love you. And we appreciate you.